0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Humanity's Voice in Live Mana Worldwide. Our favorite, what is it? A co host? Are we both co hosts or both the host? What are we? Hosts together.
1: This is, is your that- show. I'm just, uh, you know, hanging out with you.
0: <laughs> this is together. It's okay. We're, we're doing, supporting both. But before everyone, well, Joshua, anything to say? Because I, I have something, to, a couple things to say. You have anything to say before I do?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, first of all, I appreciate a lot of the love that I got from, uh, people in the last, the last broadcast that we did together. Uh, we've done, this is our third one now. And, um, but I also want to, I want to address the criticism and some of the hateful things that were said, or even the dislike for, um, my, my way of being or the way that I do things or say things. And I lost my temper. I don't belong on. Air and all that stuff. I've done over 500 broadcasts. 500 in a couple years. And this is a childhood dream for me. Mm-hmm. I used a talk show as my therapy. My talk show before the one I do now was called Gratitude Unfiltered. It was born out of a month long meth relapse. So it was up,
2: wow. it
1: was you know, on four days, four day vendors I would pass out, four day vendors pass out, but it went on for a month. This is after giving my life to the Lord. And <clears throat> God came to me in that moment, and that's where Gratitude Unfiltered was born. I'm not going to go into everything he said, but a big part of that was putting a spotlight on my shadow world because I was so good at hiding and keeping secrets. Um, and, and I was a chronic liar, too, just to <laughs> get that out of the way. But God told me I didn't have the luxury, I didn't get the luxury of keeping secrets. I was going to share all the truth, even if it hurt, even if it was painful, even if it made me look like, well, a sinner. And um, so with that said is this, I've been through a lot in my life, but nothing's worse than I did to myself. All the trauma that I experienced um, is nothing compared to what I did to myself. That said, I'm on my own healing journey and I'm far from perfect. And yeah, I probably could have handled it differently but I want to say this and say it clearly. I will not stand for lies. I don't live in a lie. I'm honest about all of my crap. Go look at all my broadcasts. I say the truth, not just about my own mistakes, but I also put a spotlight on the shadow world that I have the privilege to do because I came from that shadow world. Yeah. So when I hear someone lie or Deny when you talk about being spiritual if you're spiritual that means you follow spiritual laws if you renounce or you say a spiritual law doesn't matter to you you're full of crap you're lying you can't deny the need for forgiveness and everyone can sugarcoat it all they want to fit it into their agenda of not liking me or because you want to side with him but the fact is this without forgiveness you can't have love. Without forgiveness, you really can't even have truth. And so while I could have toned down my my rhetoric and my aggression, I was agitated. There is no doubt about it because I could not stand to listen to this lie. Whether he knew he was lying or not is beside the point. The fact is, it's a lie. And if I'm on this show and I'm hosting, if it's my own show or whatever, and anyone lies, if I sit there and just listen to it and don't say anything, I'm complicit in the lie and I'm not a liar. I'm going to tell the truth, I'm going to address it and I'm going to fight for it because I know from the bottom of my heart how important forgiveness is and it's not, it's not just forgiving ourselves forgiving other people for what they do, it's forgiving ourselves. And it's also having the grace to forgive when we make another mistake and another mistake and another mistake. It's so important and it's something that I'm willing to fight for. So I know I triggered some of you. And for that, I am truly sorry.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: am not sorry for fighting for truth and fighting for what I believe in. My, my technique, my manner, all of that could have been better. Absolutely, but I'm growing i'm a grown ass man (laughs) but i got a little boy a feisty little boy in here too (laughs) so i'm working things out myself so if i triggered you i apologize i do want to say this though triggers remind us of what god still gets to heal so don't take it as a total loss i just showed you what god is going to heal in your life so anyway that's all i have to say i can't say that i'm not going to yell again because i yelled earlier today (laughs) but that said i never want to all i want to do is lead people to truth and i want to see people be the best versions of themselves what god created you for and i'm willing to fight like hell for it so that's it
0: well i'm going to come from a different place with you joshua because i don't think you should apologize at all and um i'm a little pissed off because I, anyone that hears me talk or you know, I talk about the revival coming, but the revival is not going to look like the churches and everything else. The revival is going to look like Joshua. It's going to look like me. It's going to look like Joshua or Jessica. That's what it's going to look like. And you know what? People are uncomfortable because we don't fit in their little Christian box. And so as soon as we are, make them uncomfortable out of that little Christian box. They get hateful. I hate religion. And I'm going to tell everyone right now, if you don't accept Joshua or Jessica or any of these survivors that have come forward, guess what? You've made an enemy out of me because I am going to stand with them 110%. And it's crazy because Joshua just, it's like he just had to do this with me because he was getting hateful messages jessica was getting hateful messages and so i'm i'm here to tell all of you guys i don't give a shit what you think about joshua or how he presents i don't and if you don't like it turn it off and you know what if you're triggered look in the mirror and figure out why the hell you're triggered because there's a reason why what he's doing and saying is triggering you there's multiple reasons and you know what myself when i'm triggered i have to look in the mirror and say why is this comment triggering me why is this action triggering me there and we are in the season everyone to keep accountable yourself you have to be accountable for yourself i have to be accountable for myself and we have to be accountable for our actions now again i'm i stand with joshua and i stand with jessica and we have gone through hell and if people don't realize this and and maybe you don't if you follow me joshua is a survivor himself and he is very open and very honest with the crap that he has gone through and you know what joshua and jessica and myself are very similar We don't let people in our lives very easily. Sometimes people get in because they manipulated or used witchcraft or whatever shit they used on us. And we weren't paying attention or we were busy. But when I met Joshua and Jessica, and let me tell you, when I was around them, there was people trying to get DNA. It was some crazy crap of witchcraft. going We'll we'll tell that story one day when... (laughs) when Jason can come on and tell the story too. Oh, yeah, we need
2: Jason for that conversation. Yeah,
0: but that's what I'm saying. Again, I please if you don't like the way that joshua is delivering something it doesn't matter listen we might not do every show together i like um, joshua doing these shows especially when there's a man involved or a couple i think sometimes i don't give joshua all the facts because he asks questions like a viewer would and questions that you might guys might have and so it kind of bounces off of each other but i am never once i'm going to tell everyone this whether we're doing shows together or not, or we're posting on social media. I am never, ever going to silence anybody and, it, and however they decide to present it. And remember this, sometimes God gives us a message and that message again, isn't in a Christian little box. When we were talking with Randy, he had to hear that message from Joshua the way he did. And guess what? Randy and Joshua still are friends. They, J- Randy, has no issue towards Joshua, but all these other people and all your religious spirits had issues with Joshua. So I'm not going to silence him. I'm not going to silence anyone. The only people that I'm going to silence are the ones that are raping and selling our children, and the only ones that I'm going to silence is probably the religious spirits because you trigger the heck out of me, and I can't stand you. So
1: <laughs>
0: I am done we and on my rant. Rim- what?
1: We get to heal on that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm learning and I'm trying to, even with the religious spirits, trying to learn some grace there, because I understand that there is a mass psychosis, mind control under the church. And so I am trying, to, and we're going to talk about that today of uh, one right now. I mean, and we can get into that. Um, we like, I'll just kind of introduce our guests. Um, we have two guests today. I might as well just go into it. Right. Everyone has heard me talk about Perry Stone. He's a rapist pedophile. He's currently making um, a dumb right now. He tried to say that that dumb is for a storm cellar, which is kind of funny because Perry told on himself, no one went into that storm cellar, and he said there's a kitchen in there. Why the hell is there a kitchen in there? So we can kind of get into that. But we have Roger and Kimberly with us and they work for Perry. And I'm not gonna, I'm gonna let them kind of tell their story and we'll ask questions. So I'm gonna bring in um, Roger and Kimberly. Hi, Roger. Hi,
1: Kimberly. Hi. Hey, Madison. Hi. Hey, Joshua. Hey, Joshua.
0: Madison. Hey, guys. How are you? Nice to
1: meet you.
3: And Joshua, on the record, I love your passion.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I hope I don't get mad at you, though. You made sure you...
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
0: I I might get mad at them, but we'll see. So I, um, you know, I have a lot of people reaching out to me within regards to Perry Stone. Uh, Roger and Kimberly reached out to me, and I am I am not going to. They can say whatever they want about me. I really did jump down their throats the first conversation that we had. But I'm going to let them explain that because I'm curious to know what people think about that when I do it. So if you guys can just kind of tell us um, your experience with Perry. I know you worked for him, and then.
3: you know joshua and i will ask you questions as we go along okay you all right um well you know we had started following perry uh years ago we were partners for quite a while before we became employees and during that time you know all i seen in within the ministry was was straight up i mean i helped with um with the ushering with security uh, watching the counting of the money uh, during the service that was taken up during offerings. And one of the things that impressed me was the integrity on that end. And granted, I was looking on from the outside in. And uh, through those years, you know, you make a lot of friends. And uh, in the process, we really felt like that we would like to work with the ministry and that, that took several years of just putting it on the back burner and waiting and uh then uh, it opened up in 2002 to become employees there at uh voice of evangelism peristone ministries and uh when we did after about three weeks there i had something come up and i, had, I went to perry personally and I can't recall exactly what it was, but I do remember making the statement, aren't you glad I'm not a yes man? And the look that I got in response to that, I realized that, you know, he preferred yes men.
0: Well, what came up? If you don't mind me, what
3: came up? That's been that's, that's been 18 years ago. Oh, okay. We're even longer now. So it was like after we were there, just three weeks. Okay. And I could not even begin to think about what the, what the uh, topic was and uh, but i was a uh, hired in as a manager and uh, managing the uh, the it was at first the tv department which basically we just uh, fulfilled the orders for the tv offers that were taken and uh, in that process you know that i forget exactly what it was but something came up and i went to him and, and i made that comment and i seen that response I really didn't think that much about it Kimberly and i worked for i worked for michelin tire for 10 years kimberly worked for michelin tire for eight years i could literally see kimberly every time we've had a job since we got married we've been married it'd be 38 years in uh so you know every time we've worked anywhere we have worked with either the same company or we've worked to where uh it would be the same company but a different location Mm -hmm and even in michelin when i worked i could see kimberly's head off in the distance on her equipment and she made cable and i actually produced the wire that made the cable but uh, in that you know I'm, I'm saying this because working with michelin tire they're a very professional company so you become accustomed to how uh the protocol how the protocol works within managerial staff and so that's that's the way I operated when I was employed at uh, Voice of Evangelism and when I had an issue I would always most of the time I'd go to the operations manager uh, Charlie Ellis because it was protocol and at that one time Perry worked real close to us at that point had an office just outside of where I was working and uh, so Close contact in the early days wasn't uncommon. And uh, but, you know, a a time went on. I did have an incident uh, come up with uh, one of the is a volunteer and the volunteer was a little gruff. And uh, I made a comment to him, you know, you don't need to be so gruff, you know, and I'm trying to help him feel like I'm helping him along, you you know, be more positive. Well, he didn't really like my response. So he went to Perry. So, you know, Perry called me to his office and then called me out you know, for making him upset, you know? So I just rolled with it and as time progressed, um, you know, I can think of several, several times, but one in particular, and I'll preface this one by, he did apologize a couple of years later for on this one. Uh, he he said, I can't remember what it was, but I know, I know I was out of line, but the, uh, what happened, Kimberly and I was, they were trying to get us to get involved with OCI, the Omega Center International. That's the, the church. And they were wanting us to get involved. And we wasn't interested. I mean, we didn't feel it. And when I say feel it, you know, praying about it, you know, or, and even just like I, we're not interested. We have our own church. We was uh, streaming it at the time, which was not as popular as it is now and it was considered like you were forsaking the assembly if you did church at home on the computer so you know but we did what we felt like we were supposed to do well perry called me i was in his office and he started bringing it up and when he did i told him said, so perry has nothing to do with our employment here kim and i both do you an excellent job we work well this is none of your business and to shorten the, the conversation, he, he basically made the comment. He said, the Holy Ghost is going to slap you upside the head.
2: <laughs>
3: and when he did that, I mean, you're like, you're telling me that you need to tell, tell me what the Lord is speaking to me and, and my wife. You know, we're in agreement. And the word says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? That's how we've operated our life. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's why we have a successful 38 years of marriage and so when i told him that he it it really escalated and i told him i said look i am walking out you mentioned this one more time i'm walking out of this office and we're not discussing it again you know when i walked out he basically told me i had two weeks he said two weeks two weeks he shouted it out so i went to the operations manager and i said well i need to know am i fired or am i not so he calls perry and perry says well if he wants to stay he can and so I just kind of let that one, you know, it, it brushed that one off. And I can uh, think of another situation that, uh, and, I, and I'm bringing up situations where he did apologize. And there's been a couple that he didn't, but these were, these were pretty serious. And recently before I got fired, and I'm going to be careful how I don't want to get, you know, I, I really don't want to use anyone's names unless I have firsthand hand you know, something that they claimed happened to them. But anyway, I took a stand with an employee and that employee, uh, his spouse was one of the ones that had came out that Perry confessed. I think you have aired the audio of the confessing with inappropriate behavior with two employees. Okay. My friend was a spouse of one of those and he, um, He's my friend. I don't backstab friends. I stand with friends and I was standing with him and and they despised it. And I say they, I'm not Perry, Pam, they, they all, they despised it. And um, Perry had been to therapy or recovery, whatever, when he went to California and he came back.
0: So you went on vacation to California on a beach for his recovery?
3: literally in about two weeks so soy
0: boy perry went on vacation and that's he apologized in front of a church (laughs)
3: Uh, uh, yes so he's (laughs) discussing about what happened there and i thought you know he had some really good um testimonies of making you know meeting certain people ministering to certain people and i thought well you know
0: wait hold on i'm confused he went to California and then came back and ministered to people because he is. Is well, that
3: am I? He was ministering to people that was in the program, you know, which is not uncommon. So I,
0: he went to a program for two weeks and then started ministering to them.
3: Yes, so he was telling the stories, and I thought, well, maybe you know, because I do believe in miracles. I believe in people can make a change in a you know dramatic change. I believe in the Damascus Road experiences. So I was listening to it. And then all of a sudden the conversation shifted and there was five witnesses to this. And all of a sudden the conversation shifted and he looked at me and he started, well, he started telling about, uh, I think it was something about at that point, that like 14 lies that a certain individual had told about him. And then he spun around and he says, Roger. And we're in like an auditorium and it just echoed. And it, so, and uh, smack
2: you.
3: Well, yeah, that's what I'm getting to next, and he he and the the conversation carried on, and he walked over literally to me and and walked up and literally smacked me in the face, and it it was a surreal moment, you know. I look back at it and I'm like, well, why did I not react? Why did I not punch him in the face? Why did we not get in in a in a fight? And the only thing I can figure is that it was for like this moment because if i had been fired at that point you know it's kind of like the situation now with everything with the fake biden and all this stuff you know we would love to see him back see trump back had seen him back like four months ago a year ago Uh, but if it had not went to this point we wouldn't know what we know now even even last week people have been exposed for what they are and i think that's that's why i think that you know i did not quit because I, i'm not a quitter and it used to be kind of a running joke with with charlie uh the operations manager anytime anything came up because i would go to him and i was actually asked kind of jumping ahead a little bit but when i was fired i was asked why did you not go to Perry or come to the board? And I was like, "Well, I, I'm following protocol." You you remember the background that I come from, the Michelin Michelin tire. You go to your supervisor, they go to their supervisor, and it carries up the ladder. And that's how I, how I operated. And I told him, I said, "Well, I just I followed protocol." And he said, "Well, okay," he says, uh, "Fair enough." But in these uh, you know situations, it's and like I say, that situation where he literally laid hands on me uh there was five witnesses to that two that was a couple from out of state and then the other uh there was two employees and then of the operations manager. and it was like dead silence when it happened it was like you could have heard a pin dropping the whole place but that in a nutshell is some of the things that that i personally experienced and you know i forgive perry i don't hold any of that against him he came back later one of those persons in that room uh, wrote him a letter and told him uh, it was actually one of the uh, gentlemen that worked in the shipping department Uh, he worked in the shipping department I manage and um, he wrote him a letter telling him how bad he had done me and so I think I'm not certain I don't know if the the apology was genuine or it was because he was called out I do know the one that I told you about earlier seemed genuine. He told me that, you know, after, after that, where he had told me that he, you know, the Holy ghost was slapped me upside the head. He apologized for that later. And I do, I, I feel that was a sincere apology. And, I'm not certain about this one, but I sociopaths
0: it. don't apologize. It's, it's yeah. sociopaths and narcissistic people that harm women and children apologize to keep you silent and complacent. They don't apologize. And that's what he was doing to you. It's part of mind control. It's a part of manipulation and n- no apology. He gave you think about it after three weeks. He was already abusive and apologized, And then he lays his hands on you. How about you touch me? I'm going to punch you mm-hmm. and that's self-defense.
3: Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs>
0: okay, sir.
3: so that you, you have anything to go from there?
4: Well, the thing coming and working in the ministry, you know, I left a job as being a professional nanny, uh, for somebody in Buckhead okay, in uh, Georgia. But coming to a ministry, you feel like, well, this is gonna be awesome, you know, you get to minister to people, you know, it's just like whole different world than being out in just a regular job working at michelin and all but i tell you the spiritual warfare that you come under being there it's just like when you even get off the property you feel so much more peace it's just a weird atmosphere um i've seen changes in perry which used to bother me different things it's like going to the conferences and stuff they would have these security checks where they would check your pocketbook and see if you've got a weapon in there. And now, granted is what's funny about this. Most of these women that come through there are elderly people and they're checking little old ladies' purses to see if they've got a gun, you know, and I'm thinking, well, as a staff person, we'd have these meetings and it was required that I'd have to go up there and work the product table or a partner's table. And I was going through the security check and I said, you're not checking my purse they wanted to look into it. i said no i'm on staff you're not checking my purse and they were being very very persistent and i said well i walk on by them i said yes i've got a gun just let them know but that freaked them out they went over there and they took pictures of me and all this stuff you know and i'm thinking okay well the next time I come back up there, I find out about all that. And I tell him, I said, keep that picture because I don't want to have to keep going through this harassment, of just going up here to work. I work here. You know, why are you having to check me? I work here. Well, it's things like that. And then being in staff meetings, when Perry first started the extreme church, the youth church, he called in a staff meeting and he was saying, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing a youth church. This is for you. Uh, youth only, no adults are allowed to come, it's just youth. I went, okay, well, that's interesting. And then time goes by, we have another staff meeting, and it's mandatory now for staff to be there. Why? I don't know. only thing I could figure, maybe they're not paying money. They need some, you know, because youth don't give much money or whatever. You know, maybe it's that reason. I don't know, but he started making it mandatory to come to those meetings, in the mandatory to come to the prayer barn you know on Thursdays to come to OCI church on Tuesdays which he didn't make me because I'm not I'm hourly I'm not salary so I didn't have to really you know abide by that but I see some of his reactions in meetings where he would just be he would just flip I seen him flip out on Pam a few times you know he told her she looked like Hillary Clinton one time And he, one time he lashed out at her, why did I marry you? And um, so, I mean, his his demeanor would change. He would come in being nice, you know, whatever. And then he would all of a sudden just flip. As a staff, we would have prayer times every Friday. And sometimes he would come in there and he was ready to lash at us, you know. He says, I'm watching y'all. I want y'all to come to the prayer night. I'm watching y'all. I'm watching y'all. And I'm like, well, who wants to go pray? When you're being made to come and pray, you can pray anywhere. There's no distance in prayer. You know, you don't have to show up at his prayer barn to pray.
1: You come to my (laughs) my holy barn.
2: Yeah,
4: Yeah. it's just crazy. It was the control. You felt like you had a noose around your neck. You know, you're just like, you know, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is not what a ministry is really supposed to be like. You know, people think, well, you're coming in the ministry and you're it's you're so excited about working there. It must be awesome. You hear that all the time from people, you know, it must be awesome to be there in that atmosphere. But The control, they don't realize the control that they had upon mm-hmm. you, you know, I mean, the control in your life. You know, yeah. I'm like, we got a life outside these doors. We put in an honest eight hours work. And once we leave here, it's our time. It's our life. And he made a statement one time, well, y'all get to go home at five o'clock, but I got to go preach. And I'm like, well, that's your calling. You know, that's your what you're supposed to do. We were hired on to be workers at the administrative office. You didn't have this church. You didn't have this prayer barn. You know, you didn't have any of that when we came on staff, but then you're going to change and not make us come and do these things, you know, um,
0: Did you guys have women that other, I know you talked about your friend and and the recording that I had released of him, you know, saying that he, um, went to his vacation in California because I'm not going to call it whatever the hell they called it. It wasn't that. So were there women? Cause this is where I jumped down your throat was like, you guys said that you knew or had a feeling he was harassing women. And it's like, why the heck wouldn't you stand up for them? Is that why you and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that why you got fired or can you kind of address that a little bit?
3: Well, the reason. okay, when I was telling you earlier about my friend that I was standing up for, uh, everything had kind of died down. They had went through whatever they did to settle that situation. And I'm not privy to those those things. And uh, but in August of 20, August of 2020 uh, a lady that ministers by the name of Amanda Shiflet had posted on Facebook that she knew of victims and that she had count that now if I'm if I'm wrong on this uh, you know Amanda con- contact me and let me know but if I remember the the Facebook post that she had either counseled them or was willing to at least and but that she knew victims and so and she called perry out by name and if i checked the other day and the post is still there i don't it doesn't seem quite as extreme as it was when i first read it so i don't know if it was edited it may not have been but uh in that post i was concerned i was like well this is something outside of the situation that has just been settled with the two employees
2: because we're thinking more
3: victims. The yeah we're thinking more victims and they're they're young they're they're people they're you know they're whether they're 20 21 19 you know we didn't know but there were more victims so I questioned it and I actually told uh, the uh, guys working in shipping uh, I, I told them I said I think that you need to be aware of this article because I've been I have been watching it and nobody's taking it down and that was my question to uh the operations manager if this thing is not true and then why is somebody not taking it down and um so i never really got an answer i was i was told it was none of my business and i said yes it is it's the business and livelihood of everyone that works here because whether whether the accusations are true or not orders would suffer that's just the nature of anything somebody finds out something negative They're going to not want your product or whatever. And so I was telling, you know, the the, uh, guys there in shipping, look, you need to be aware of this. This may affect your job. And, uh, well, I was, I had shared that with them and it got back to, uh, Pam and the operations manager, Charlie. And because at that point for years, I had went to Charlie and shared certain things with him, uh, inappropriate conduct, Perry, uh, writing with, uh, girls in the car by himself uh, and things of that nature. And I mean, i seeing that with my own eyes and I would go to the operations manager and share it and nothing would be done. I would get this glazed look. I mean, just like I was being looked through and like either they knew something or they didn't want to discuss this topic. So in this case, I didn't go to anyone. I went straight to the guys in shipping and I said, look, this may affect you because I knew no one else was going to say anything to them. No one else was going to warn them. At least that's how I felt. And so when I did that, it got back to uh, Poundstone and I assume Perry as well. And I was called to her her office and that's where she told me basically it was none of my business. And that uh, I was stirring things up. That's how I was labeled. Why are you stirring? Why do you keep stirring things up? And uh, so I addressed that. And basically I told her, I said, well, if we have this conversation again, I want it to be with board members present, not just you and the operations manager. Look at you sticking to the Bible.
0: Yes. Right. Seriously. The right way. I like it. (laughs) <laughs> Amanda Shipley, when did she do this post? I'm looking for it right now sure. as you guys are talking.
3: It would have been in August of uh, 2020, maybe on August the 12th, August 10th.
0: Um, oh. Do you have Do you have a question, Joshua?
3: Yeah, I do. Because I I'm
1: just sitting here thinking to myself, and we haven't really gotten to the 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 dirty, juicy stuff. But that said, like while this is going on, I, like I your faith is apparent to me like i don't know you but just like little simple things like that the discipline to say hey the next time we have this meeting we're gonna have board members present that spiritual maturity and wisdom to me says all that tells me everything i need to know about you. that said a lot of people are being hurt they're having their pastors exposed they have their own experience with church and fake prophets and everything else for you all, how did this affect your faith? Because obviously you're still in the faith. You didn't leave it. But how did it affect your faith? And how did you, if it did knock you off, how did you kind of get back right? You go
2: first?
4: Yeah, you feel like you have nobody to go to. Uh, when this happened to us, I mean, it was devastating, yeah. to say the least. And we had people, few people reaching out to us were like, okay, you can't talk to nobody because... He's friends with this friend. He's friends with this pastor, our former pastor. So he's friends with this pastor. And I'm like, you can't, you can't say nothing to nobody. And then you're thinking, okay, well, I'll try to talk to some family members about it. And then some people just don't want to believe you. They're like, no, this man knows the word. You know, he preaches like no other, you know, they just like the way he just knows the word. So they're thinking, okay, well, how can this happen? Well, believe it or not, I mean, people can, be possessed it don't matter how they know the word or whatever they certainly can be possessed i mean i've seen things happen i'm like okay whoa so you know we had a friend reach out to us and we thought okay we'll go and they said you don't have to talk about anything we just want to love on you guys we just want to love on you guys so because we didn't know you know what to say what to do and so with this we never been fired before
3: yeah I've never been fired
4: <laughs> so they ministered to us and it was good we had a lot of laughter just just loving on us and then eventually we had open up and they would pray over us and stuff like that but it is hard these days because even now we after being fired for so long so long for a while we did prayer walks together and we prayed over and them to repent we prayed on the, prayed over the staff we would pray over the victims that we found out about you know because people would come share information with us we didn't go out seeking it it came to us
2: mm-hmm.
4: so we just took time and we prayed over everybody that we knew and that helped us it helped us to heal even more mm-hmm. um, and then we, after we dig a little bit more we find out all these people are Freemasons, you know, so we're thinking, oh God, you know, you can't, you can't trust the police, you know, you can't trust whoever, you know, you can't. There's nobody to go to.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of people like that right now.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, experiences like you all are feeling that way because yeah. it seems like a lot of the exposure that we're seeing, like the trafficking stuff, didn't the human trafficking and uh, organ harvesting and things like that didn't get exposed like we've all been waiting for, for the last few years. Mm-hmm. But it seems like what's getting exposed and that they can't stop is the church. And it almost feels like that's by di- by design uh, to get people where we're at now, where it's like, well, who do you trust? Mm-hmm. It feels like a fake prophet. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, we were saying this in our live earlier by Jessica and I that I would rather hang out with porn stars and prostitutes and drug addicts and yeah, drunk yeah. and everybody else, because yeah. at least I know what to expect. That's I'm pretty right. yeah.
2: be bad 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 is.
1: like, Hey, I know, how to, I know how to navigate this, but when you're prophesying over me and speaking into my life and laying hands on me yeah. and freaking like stuff out of the Bible I've never even heard before, but I know it's there because it sounds like thou, though, art stuff, and it's just – And then it just all this praise and worship and hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, all that over you. And it's like it disassociates you to this. Well, they're really holy because they said hallelujah 15 times in a row. Makes no sense to me, but they did it. And it's like, how do you know? How do you know when people talk about discernment all the time? But my God, I mean, every time I think my discernment's on point, there's another situation that I've gone, oh, my God, how did I not see this? Yeah. And I feel alone, she feels alone. What do you do? And like, even with Madison, who I know that we're on the same page, but it's like, we're all alone. And now you guys, we're all alone together. Yeah. yeah. What do we do? What do we do? Because the my, my feelings about what's happening in our faith and it happened amongst Christians because Christians haven't been on the same page since day one, but that said, We're supposed to. The world is going to need us. They're going to need us living our God given purposes, being who we were created to be, serving, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And yet, at the same time, I'm worried that you're going to try to cut my damn hands off.
4: What do you do? Well, the real church, I think, is rising up. God's going to use the people that people would never ever dreamed of, the no name people, because you know Jezebel is a strong spirit. It deceives the very elect. You know. It works through these ministers a lot of times. And I think people like, you know, you guys, that that's good. That's the body of Christ. That's the real that's church. It. That's yes. the true church. It's not these churches that you go into these buildings. You know, it's like Madison says, you know, God hates religion. He's not about religion. He didn't send his only son for people to have fire insurance. He sent his only son for us to get back what we lost. <laughs> that was dominion. You know, we lost the dominion to rule and reign here on this earth. We've been right. down by all these pastors that have been just kept us sitting in a pew, giving us these little stories, not equipping us what we need so we can really go out into this world and fight the fight. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I think when I think <laughs> you're right, we are the real church. And people like Perry Stone and Pam Stone and that have done these crimes against humanity, we start shining a light, light on that. Perry goes around and threatens everybody right? Yeah. He did it with one of my followers. She had posted um, a Twitter video, uh, went and drove by his property, posted it, and then her. they threatened to arrest her, okay? <laughs> Just by posting it on Twitter, I had reposted it. They then then threatened to arrest her okay this is a property you can drive by and and do recording of there is nothing illegal about doing that her pastor of course i don't know her pastor this is pure pure, pure speculation on my end but i guarantee you her pastor is probably a part of it because she advised her to do a public apology on Twitter. Why the heck does she need to do a public apology? Because they put us in a state of fear. When we realize that God does have that authority over us and not some sinner pastor or a pa- a pastor, because I don't even believe that these, they have the right to call themselves pastors. They are committing crimes against humanity. Is that we start building a light on it. And the people like us, like all of us here and Jessica that's sitting right there, I know y'all can't see her, but she's sitting there, Hi. you know, like that we come together and our army gets built together and our, there's just, <laughs> I love it. Like that's where we build our army together. It's yes, we're alone, but you know, I got to tell you, you know, even with Joshua and Jessica, there's been a couple people that have come around us one I could see right away with Joshua and Jessica and I even said to them who the heck is this lady I'll say her name her name is Aurelia Moore she's the biggest con artist out there okay so you know I could see that but I could not see the cons that were around us and that's the thing when because when you live in in sin and you chose sin and then you live in darkness for so long you can see that so when someone presents themselves as light like these pastors and these preachers that's why people are getting so deceived that's why i have said for months now turn off all social media turn off and turn off your pastor. frankly i would say don't even go to your church for a month and just pick up your bible and read and see if god shows up more on your couch with your bible than go into that Mm -hmm. church
1: what do you what do you all feel about that statement because there's been some people that have said, like, "Well, it says in the Bible we're supposed to go to church. It doesn't say that. No, it, it
3: says we're to gather." Well, it um, says actually, "We're two or Yeah, it says we're two or three or You
4: don't forsake the assembly because yeah. you're you're. We're together. not
3: forsaking the assembly because they are two or three. I mean, I will even take it further than that because. Please do. What if you were out on a deserted island? Okay, how are you going to get two or three? Well, I've got to follow the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. I got
3: I got plenty, right there. So, you know, the trying to con people by telling them and trying to make them feel guilty that they've got to come together in a brick and mortar building. Uh, <clears throat> that's just not, I don't, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Stop. Okay.
4: Talking about money.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about that. That's, let's, let's go deeper to this then because one of the things that we've had a hard time with because we have been very turned off by our experiences with, with the church as well. And I'm under the covering of a church that, I will go to every day of the week. I'm I, I, I'm proud to be a part of that ministry in Oklahoma City, um, and they and they've got their own issues. I mean, because every church does because we're human. But kids, like part of what our resistance was because there was an incident that we found out about at the nursery of the church that we were going to of somebody that was inappropriate with a the child there. That was a major issue for her and, and, and me too. That said, there is something about children getting to hear about Jesus and be around other kids and things like that. But at the same time, by taking our kids to that environment, are we setting them up to be indoctrinated in the same bull crap? Or, or what, what kind of, I don't, I'm not even asking the question appropriately, but what do we do with the kids? Like, is it for us to teach them about Jesus? Like, how do you make the Bible interesting to a five and six year old girl? Like, how do you do it?
3: Well, you know, I I think the way that they used to, you hear about kids, you know, cutting their teeth on the pew. Yeah. You have now what, what you have is the children and the family being segregated. And then your children are going off and someone's ministering to them. That is a pedophile. And, you're having to take those children back home. They've not, they have not experienced a uh, divine experience with you. And I think the children need to be staying with their parents through the, office. if you're going to go to a service, the children need to stay with their parents. Sure. Well, and I
0: see I'm with you on that. I mean, look at this church of Perry stone, this pedophile, right? Rapist has a church, a school, businesses and so what we drop our kids off and because these con jobs have con the people you know, I can't listen, my, I have a little one. I'm not going to say his age. I have a little one and he always wants me to, I got him a children's Bible and he wants me to read it. And when I read it, I have fun reading it to him and read it like out loud. And, and he enjoys it because when you're reading anything, whether it's Dr. Seuss or the Bible and you animate it for a child, they're going to want to hear it and listen to it, but taking them to, again, these churches and you said it greatly is that it, they're segregating it. It's the same thing with the school system. We're segregating our kids from us. We don't, there can be, don't get me wrong. I know that there are some amazing Sunday school teachers out there, just like mm-hmm. teachers. But on that off chance that there is one or two, like he just said in the, the church, that there was an incident and Joshua and I believe way different views on this. Maybe, I don't know, but we've never talked about it, but here we go. I I do not believe in being under a covering of a church. I do not because I was trafficked through these churches, raped by these pastors. I do not believe in being a covering. I believe that my covering is God. I believe for Joshua and Jessica, Jessica is his covering and Joshua is her covering and they are accountable to God and then to each other in their marriage just like Roger and Kim you're accountable because I'm not married I am accountable to God and my children are who I'm accountable to and so go ahead I know Joshua I know it's I can see your No no no
1: no. I'm just saying I agree with you you're actually right I I mean I'm not going to retract my covering because I love my master but that said what you're saying makes way more sense to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. right. But doesn't make mean that you can't get wisdom because there was a situation recently and my old pastor in Colorado, I sent him a message and I said, I'm very confused on this situation of something that had happened in a church. And because I don't go to church and I don't know the politics of the church and, and whatever, I asked him the advice. It doesn't mean I'm under his covering, but I also know that you can get wisdom from pastors that are, are good pastors. You know, I mean, but let's, let's circle this back around here because, you know, my, my issue with you guys when we first chatted was, you know, you left, but victims have come to you guys and talked to you and whatever, you know, why are you just taking a stand right now? And, like, do you feel any accountability whatsoever that these victims, that he continues to harm and the people he continues to threaten, like what I mean do you feel any accountability for that and is that am I asking that the right way out of Joshua I think I'm, it's coming out wrong
3: <laughs> no I think uh, I think that you're what you're asking is just fine um, over time we didn't see the severity that it is I just seen poor uh, oh, character character um, poor judgments of character of you know getting alone allowing to yourself to be in an office with a locked door with females in the room young females in the room and riding in a vehicle your wife not in the vehicle and you driving off with someone young in your car with you I seen things like that and you to did. be honest you to be too. and to be honest yeah I did I brought it up but the thing i had no idea your testimony i had no idea it was that evil i had no idea now if i had a i would have stood up and out louder but what i did do is i went to the operations manager charlie ellis and i told him perry does not need to be doing this it's going to bite him and it's going to hurt everybody Mm -hmm. and and when at the time when i thought what i thought bite meant was that Someone was because I had I had to be honest. I had not discerned this type of evil that you have told us, and uh, and that's where I'm like with Joshua. How do we get so duped? You think you you know you get discernment. I can t- I can have the Holy Spirit say, "Don't go to that side of town. Don't turn down that street." And I hear it. Why did I not know this? And we would go, and I would go to the operations manager, and I would tell him this this and this and i even had a situation where we were cleaning upstairs and uh cleaning out at perry's old office upstairs and uh, one of the employees and myself we found this little token and the token was a lady's huge rear end it's a heads and tails token and who's boobs on the other side well i thought this is crazy this doesn't even need to be in the building this is a ministry. It doesn't even need to be, be in the building. So I take it down to the operations manager and I hand it to him and he just rolls his eyes. He rolls his eyes, takes it into my the to best to the best of my knowledge. He took it and put it back where it was. And that and that's all that was done, you know, and but but I would speak up. And now that I know what I know, uh, you know, I don't necessarily I don't feel guilty about how i've handled it because for one reason i didn't know it was as evil as you have shared with us i had no idea uh two you always as a believer you always believe tomorrow it's gonna you're gonna pray and you want to make a difference and it's going to change but what i come to learn is this you can pray to you blue in the face if someone does not want to change, it's not going to change.
1: Amen to that. Well,
0: let me ask you, from, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here because I agree with Joshua. You guys seem pretty right on with God. You know the word and you seem pretty right on. Don't you think that Perry, who has built a literal empire and is a pastor, don't you think that even that alone, you went and worked in a warehouse for him. Didn't Jesus flip the tables because he, they turned the church house into the storehouse is Perry not turning it into a has not turned it into a storehouse? you stayed under his ministry for him for what how long was it eighteen years well, years eighteen, years, 18 years so you stayed under the the leadership watching this man build an empire and turn the church house into a storehouse I mean that alone again has to have some type of accountability for for you two. I've been mean, can you explain that? Cause that's not even talking about him turning the storehouse and on and building his empire on the blood of innocent women and children, because that you're not accountable for. You don't, you didn't know he was doing that. You can't be held mm-hmm. accountable. I think you guys know that now so it's a different story, mm-hmm. but taking it back to didn't Jesus flip the tables of doing that.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I have to say that I personally, when, during a, uh, I don't care where it's at, whatever church it may be, whatever the, at the, um, venue may be, if you're selling products at that event and it's a ministry, especially if it's allowed, uh, I have seen some allow it actually within the sanctuary, but with Perry, it was always out in a concourse most of the time, but you all would always have that offer being made from the, from the pulpit, from the lectern. And, um, I, I, I never was comfortable with that. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, this is getting very close to merchandising the gospel, you know, as far as, you know, bringing it within the the, the area of worship. Now at the, the, at the ministry center, you know, there was so much educational material and I use that educational material that you really felt like people were getting fed the word, taught the word, so it was, you know, it's just like a, you know, you're, you're selling lessons basically because Perry had, I mean, and he does, he has this day. I mean, it's like hundreds hundred, hundreds of uh, DVDs uh, that he come out with CDs uh, books. And, and books. Uh, you know, he's probably got maybe 70, 80 books, maybe less than that, maybe a little more i've been gone for a little while so i don't know what's been produced but um in all that you really you, you feel like you're helping people you know kimberly and i one of the ways we dealt with everything too as we were waiting for the change to take place you know she ministered to people on the phone uh prayed with people numbers of times throughout the day every every day five days a week uh and they would call back with testimonies and they would share them with her you know thank you for praying the lord really you know he's healed my brother I, my so-and-so has been delivered of cancer and you seen, i mean, i seen every i mean i walked by kimberly's office and i would hear her praying. and it would you know as a husband I, I felt real proud because i could go she didn't know i was listening but i would go by and i would hear her praying intensely uh, with these people and then i myself I can think of one gentleman that worked for UPS and he was going to get a, he he was looking, his, his marriage was falling apart. He was looking to get a divorce. And every time he came in, we would talk about it. I said, man, don't do it. Don't do it. I said, you will regret it. Two, three years down the road, you're going to regret it. Don't do it. If at all possible, make it work. And now I see him on Facebook. He and his wife are going hiking. They're going on trips and they was able to work it out. So we had our own ministry within the ministry. You know, when people came in, I would minister to UPS guys. And when I say minister, words of encouragement, maybe at times it would be something really like a, you feel like a little prophetic unction coming in to share with them. I I don't operate that way. If it, if it happens, it's very rare. Um, but just words of encouragement, you know, helping people lift them up. So, you know, I guess we did that every day and not trying to, to get around what you ask, but the only way I know to, to answer it is, I guess we created our own little world and we ministered within that world and uh, the things that we didn't understand, we were praying that they would change. And I hope that makes sense.
1: It, it, it makes sense to me because it's kind of like the boiling frog analogy put a frog in the, on the stove, in the, in the pot, whatever, and you turn on the heater, that frog is gonna stay in there until he boils to death.
2: Yeah. And
1: what I mean by that is you go to the church 20 years ago and it's some kind of way, you feel good about it, you've been hired, you're working, you're being indoctrinated into the system and sometimes that happens and you don't even realize it because you're going through their training, all that, you have all the excitement and the enthusiasm about being a part of it. And then years go by, and yeah, you've already addressed that. You noticed some things you weren't comfortable with, but you're already in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I can see how that would be hard because even like when I started to see that with one of the churches I grew up in in Oklahoma, I never thought anything about it. Really, I, I didn't think about it for that same reason because I went there when it was in a convenience store and then a movie theater and a school. And then it goes into the big auditorium. And then all of a sudden, then the technology is like, whoa, and the speakers are like, whoa, and then the laser light show. And then I'm like, wait a second, this is a freaking rock concert now. Is this? But then you see all the people that are, you know, praising Jesus and all that other stuff. And then it, it took me years to go. This is all manufactured. This is a synthetic experience. This is not the Holy Spirit. This is the air conditioner blowing up my butt. Yeah. It, it, you know I mean it's like it's it's all part of the show and then learning how how the production side works they're here when the camera's there and they, they know how to move you you it it takes a while for some to see it especially if you're somebody that asks questions yeah and starts to and questions the narrative or something doesn't feel right and here's the thing for me and you guys may disagree with this but If that's easier for me to do now, because I question so much about what's been removed from the Bible, how things have been translated, uh, how things are different. I mean, Jesus, the letter J wasn't even invented until the 1600s. So like, are we, when we're crying out to Jesus, are we, like this, words have power. So if Jesus' real name is not really Jesus, then who the hell are we talking to? I mean, I have all these questions and some of the questions make no sense. Some of them do. But the fact is, it's easier for me to step, look at these situations now, but you guys are in it all day, every day. So I want to ask you something else. Like, is it just that you got fired for speaking out, or did you guys see other things? Or when you were hearing stories about the inappropriate nature of what was happening there, what exactly was it? Did you hear about the underage stuff? Did you hear about same-sex stuff? Did, what, what was it? exactly
3: that you heard well I've only heard that there was a now I'm speaking on not what I know that Madison knows because I believe Madison but speaking on what I knew at the time okay at that point no underage at all it was just inappropriate behavior with how did I know it might have been consensual you know stuff going on but i knew that it wasn't appropriate for the, the if i want to say business you know and um so what i knew at the time see i had already seen the two ladies that perry referred to in the audio that madison posted that were employees inappropriate behavior now i seen the i seen literal evidence kim and i both i seen 260 something texts out and back we sat the and the and when that was dropped on us we literally sat in our living room for at least probably two hours not saying a word i mean we sat there shocked i'm looking at this dialogue between two people and seeing perry react in ways that dude this is not right so now but that was all taken care of it was in the past and then the Amanda Shiplet post came out and I kept really you know pushing back I'd bring it up you know to other employees and what really kicked it off I brought it up to one employee and they got really angry and they went to Pam and that's when I got called to her office and then you know they I got a uh, message one day It was in September of 2020 and uh, just a little over a month, I guess, or around the same, about a month after the Amanda Shiflet post, and um, I got an email. I think it was. I, I don't. Yeah, it was an email that, and Pam Stone had told me that the board is going to be here today, and they wanted to talk to you for a short period of time after lunch. And I, I said, okay, this is it. I'm getting fired today. So i go tell kimberly i said you know i think i'm gonna be fired today i said i just feel it you know and i so i go i go to the meeting and when i go in there um i'm asked by one of the uh, they was uh, john rodriguez and he i'm really not certain what john does i think he may handle contracts or things like that for the ministry And the ministry being a voice of evangelism. And then the operations manager, Charlie Ellis. And then a board member, um, Gary Sears. And another board member on speakerphone from Alabama, Frank Book. And Frank was very, uh, he was probably the, out of everyone there, he was probably the most understanding or comprehending, I should say. On how I had handled things he asked me so well, Roger why didn't you uh, come to us you know and I was like well just, I just had shared earlier I was, I was following protocol and then uh, I started being asked questions uh, by John Rodriguez and one of them was did you ever call Perry the narcissist and I, I, <laughs> I said, I said yes. yes I did and I said yes I have because he is and they all looked at each other like they had something on me and I'm like, what's wrong with being honest? Why can't someone be honest? Why do I have to feel like I'm being honest about what I see and you all look like you've got a gotcha moment. And I looked at him and I said, every one of you here know that he is. And then John kept asking questions and I made the comment that, well, I think you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to get me, Uh, twist my words I think that's what I said he said no you're doing it yourself you know and I was like well how's that I I suppose it was how I was answering things and uh, the questions that he was asking but anyway I just told him I said look I know why I'm here just get it over with and he says well today's your last day and uh, when he did that he says uh, when he said that he said do we need to call your wife in? He ha- he didn't even have the respect for my wife enough to call her Kimberly. she had been an employee 18 years. And he said, "Do we need to call your wife in?" And I and I was like, "Why? Is she fired too?" And he said, "Yes." She <laughs> so, didn't
0: go to you and fire you?
3: No, no. she has done nothing.
0: Nobody came to me.
3: She has she is not she has not done anything, you know, at all that would even uh Well, I didn't do anything that married merited being fired but uh when they said that i've never been fired before hindsight's 2020 i would probably took 20 or 30 different routes than the way i did it we uh i went to old kimberly that we were fired and at that point i had uh james bradford the deputy sheriff following me around the office like i was some felon
4: we were escorted out of the building
3: yeah we were escorted uh, out of the building <laughs> by him
4: Armed sheriff.
3: <laughs> and uh, you know and what's funny I think about it now when um, I was gathering everything together to take it out to the car uh, the operations manager Charlie Ellis says is there anything I can do can I help you carry anything out to the car and I'm like you just sat there in a room and let someone roughshod me over what you know is true because I had had over time when I had had conversations with Charlie, the operations manager, things were so difficult for him. I had literally, I mean, I seen this with my eyes in front of me, in front of me, literally break down and cry because of the pressure that he was under being the operations manager. And so I'm, you know, here you are. You couldn't say a word to me during or, or stand up for me when I was being fired because he knew he knew that I had, Kimberly and I both had 18 years of exemplary service. We had done nothing but want to do, do everything in a professional way. And um, never say a word, but then when we get to the point of having to put our things in the car, you want to offer to carry them to the car for me? i'm like i just said i just shook my head i didn't know how to answer it i just shook my head and dropped it and just went out the door um,
4: yeah and when we drove off the property as soon as we drove off the property here he called a staff meeting and he was like so roger and Kimberly just resigned we resigned
3: yeah 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 it got back to me someone had, had reached out and said as soon as you had no more and got on the highway he called a meeting and told everybody that you resigned.
2: And that's a lie.
3: So yeah, that's a flat-out lie. And uh, we we never resigned. We were fired. I actually uh, received a letter uh, from Pam Stone back in April uh, that I gave Madison a copy of. And uh, letter back in April, basically apologizing and for how everything was handled. And you know. Uh, Pam had shared in the letter what I thought. You know, at the time I didn't think much about it when I first got the letter, but now that I think about it, even in the letter, she she's like, "Now this is just kind of like between us," you know. This is, and I'm like, "There you go again, trying to control." You know, can you I read say,
0: the letter, or is there a way to like release the letter, Joshua? On this, mm-hmm. like when you can put the letter because I sent it to you. Okay, we'll release the letter so people can read it. Um, the letter. And my question too is why is the the corrupt sheriff there for two employees to escort you? Like he was just there randomly, the sheriff? They called him.
3: Well, he is a, if I'm not mistaken now, if I'm not mistaken, what I I know is that I think that he is like contracted by them as security. And uh, James, from what I hear, has a that's his business he has a a side security type business and you know I don't know if he was on call that day I don't know if he was
4: well he's never there
3: yeah well it was it was odd because that morning started I did wonder why James was outside and he was walking out I could see him going up and down the sidewalk outside of my office and I thought that was odd but now I know why he was called in I guess you know in case that's rowdy. People got you know, out of hand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, would,
1: I would love to see you two out of hand. Yeah, My seriously. Own, don't mess with I them. can't even picture it.
0: Uh, mm. Joshua, were there any last mm. questions for Kimberly and Roger?
1: What's next for you guys? What does uh, God have on your heart to do now?
3: Mm. That's a good question.
1: Share Your private security.
3: <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> uh, we actually uh for the we had the opportunity and uh, my mother-in-law's been very very gracious to us and we took some of our uh savings that we had and we decided to um, make other investments with it but we took a portion of it and we had
4: to because they didn't pay unemployment so we had to draw off our savings to live off of yeah and then yeah. when that kind of ran down, my mom stepped up. And yeah. She's been, yeah, she's been she's been been there for so us.
3: So in the past year, uh, I created a bit shoot channel, and to basically basically share um, truth videos, and about you know the election, about the uh, fake COVID, all this stuff. And so that's been fun. Uh, I did that something I've never done. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. and then during the process we got hooked up and i forget how i found david straight but uh yesterday i just i sent off our first round the affidavit of repudiation uh, so now we're officially on the journey of becoming state nationals and so during that time because that's you know that's a lot of studying i actually took uh transcribed david's one of his uh hold, hold on because.
0: Hold on, there's going to be a lot of people that don't understand what you're saying. So let me explain very quickly because Joshua doesn't understand. We, I'm going to get kicked off of social media here. (laughs) Um, we are, when we were born, we were born into a corporation known as the United States of America. So we are born into a corporation. There is a process to get out, of that corporation, it bec- it's becoming a state national. There is a guy by the name of David Strait, and then there's also um, a guy, Bobby Lawrence, mm-hmm. who um, teach you how to become a state national. You get all the paperwork to remove yourself out of the corporation. And so when you're out of the corporation, you don't pay, um, first of all, your house is paid off. If you own your house, it's completely paid off. You have what's called a QB trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is not the broadcast for it mm-hmm. because he just mentioned it so um if you want to become a state national i i have posted it everywhere mm-hmm. i will also post in the links bobby's telegram channel the link to um, david Strait's uh website to where you can get the paperwork and everything now listen people always ask you do have to pay to get the paperwork and listen to david's videos but here's mm-hmm. the thing it's not expensive, and he's done all the work, and David's story is pretty radical in itself and everything that he's gone through with the corrupt corporation yeah. and everything else. He is the mm-hmm. real deal. And so, again, that that's becoming a state national, but that is, um, he is in the process, Roger and Cameron are in the process of that, and you don't, there's like a lot that goes into becoming a state national and removing yourself out of the corrupt corporation and basically cutting your soul tie with the government. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so that oh, yeah. is 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 what we're doing now the next um, I really don't know um, you know we've been praying and, and always um, you always always you know it's, it's he's always opened it up so we're just believing for you know as we pray that uh, the opportunity for our next I I do feel that it will involve Kimberly and I together because that's the pattern that has played out in our life. Uh, we've always been together, whatever we have done, Hmm. but I'm not sure that it's going to be involving, uh, working for someone else.
4: Not in a ministry.
3: Yeah. Not (laughs) in a ministry no. (laughs) Yeah. you know, uh, but yeah, that ministry deal, you know, I'm still, I'm still dealing with that one. I'm like, you know, everyone I hear today, I went through, And I found some, I pulled out some drawers and I found all kinds of stuff and it was chunking in the trash. I was chunking all these things in the trash, even this morning, things I had ran across because, you know, I'm just trying to purge my mind. You know, we've been lied to.
4: Yeah. And it would still be going on if it wasn't for the friend that Roger stood up for because he's his friend is the one that found the text. That's the one that put a halt to it because that was still going on. Even when he was in Hawaii with Pam, he's still texting you know can't wait to get back you know so it would still be going he was made to do the apologies and all this stuff that that was all made to be done so yeah
3: if it had not been for him and, and Madison you know who I'm referring to
4: that's why he hates him so bad
3: yeah if he had not been for him uh, standing up that's what kicked the lid off of it yeah and, and you know started this whole journey and process
2: and now of, they're getting for Because you
3: know. see, I felt like reaching out to you. And what's funny is, is everybody, there's a lot of people think that they have a gotcha moment on me because of what I posted to you through Facebook messenger that got tweeted. Well, there's nothing there that was secret. And what's wrong with me reaching out to you because I felt prompted by the Holy spirit to do so.
0: You know, they're saying they're gonna get you.
3: And well, you, you don't know, have any
0: non-disclosure agreement, right? You don't have an employment no, agreement that no, you so no. I mean they can't listen, we live in America the last time I checked, and we have free speech. So I, you yeah. know, I mean unless on, Facebook not
2: on social media.
0: Seriously.
2: It's got
3: back to me. It's got back to me that Perry, when he found out about that, what came out on Twitter that he's after me going to take me down because of Madison. And I'm like, well <laughs> he can't get me what? What it's did I do? How how, I, how do I fit in with what happened to Madison 20 years ago? You know? So uh you know these these threats, you know, um I don't like threats. You know, and it's uh and, you know, don't don't threaten me, you know, do not threaten me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because you, you're 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 not only threatening me, you're threatening my wife. You're, you're threatening those around me if you do that. And uh, there's two. I got a, a little a vague text earlier in the week as well that uh, I shared with Madison that basically you know warned me, uh, you know, to watch, you know, that she might not be, you know, on the up and up so to speak but you know I believe Madison and I believe these survivors uh, and I think it's time that we all pull together and support these survivors and if I could say anything as we close it would be this that these victims need to speak out so they can become survivors That's yes. right yes and that's, that would be what I would have to say to those people that are listening because there's people out there that can speak out and not, don't be afraid. You know, you're, you need to fear Yahweh who created you and can take you, take you to be with him. You know, don't fear uh, these vain uh, threats. Uh, don't fear, you know, what people uh, might try to do to you. You just got you got to come out with the truth you got to speak the truth
1: yeah. well it's coming out anyway
3: yeah it's coming out anyway exactly that's yeah that's what i don't understand about this is that i don't think perry understands and those around perry i it, it if i don't speak out kimberly doesn't speak out it was going to come out anyway
4: they think what they're doing is in secret and it's in hidden, you know, but it's not, you know, everything that's been hidden will come to the light. It will come to the surface. If God doesn't use Madison, then he's going to use somebody else. She's stepping up to the plate, but if she did step up to the plate, it will be somebody else because God's going to use somebody to get what he needs. Done. Oh, I'm coming for
0: him. Tick tock motherfucker. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said it. So, um, <laughs> if you were, uh, a victim of Perry's or anybody, you can reach out to voice at protonmail.com. And then I also know you can reach out to Joshua and Jessica. How do they reach you, Joshua and Jessica?
1: Website right below is the easiest way to find us.
0: Uh, yeah, dot org. yes. Joshua, any any last thoughts, words?
1: No, I just want to encourage you guys moving forward. Um, I think, I believe in my heart that you guys are going to have a huge influence on other the new, well, like, people like Madison and I, my wife, you guys are going to have a huge influence and impact once these wounds heal and this stuff settles. You guys are going to find yourself in the in the new church, in my opinion, uh, and it will obviously look a lot different, but you guys are going to be a really good, uh, strong sounding sounding board, um, and that wisdom that you have and that experience to help Help prevent history from repeating itself yeah. So I, I believe that that is that's going to happen for you all. So I, I just I, I appreciate you guys uh, speaking from your experience and, um, and, and Thank you for for doing it because I can only hope that it will inspire other people uh, to not just speak out about the things that hurt them or that have caused them problems or any injustices But also to still have a loving heart after it, and to not, you know, doubt God and doubt uh, Yahweh. To 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 be able to stay true to your heart and the and the man that saved your life, Jesus, Mm -hmm. yes, Lord. And uh, so I I thank you for that because for for a lot of us, especially me, if I was in your experience, I can see myself lashing out. I can see myself to. Throwing tables, setting things on fire, and like all of it, and you guys have seemed to handle this with love and grace, and even your attitudes today are encouraging, especially for me because our, my wounds with the church are relatively. Even though there was some younger stuff, they're more fresh. So seeing you guys today and hearing you has been has been good for for myself. So thank you for that.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
1: I
0: agree. I I think that you're definitely going to be part of the new church. And even that there's victims coming to you guys now that just being, uh, like Joshua said, a sounding board for even them right now and listening to them and letting them be heard because people like Perry, serial abusers try to silence people like Joshua and I. And so it's like, how do who do we talk to? Who do we go to? So we just appreciate you guys a lot. And thank you for coming forward. I do know that this is going to have some backlash on you guys because Perry is disgusting human beings. So uh, anyone that's watching, please pray over. I'm serious, Joshua. I mean, they've already had threats about me and people can say whatever they want about me. I don't care. Um, But just please, if you're watching, pray over these two because Perry has built an empire, not only with himself, but through government organizations as well. So please pray uh, covering over them. Joshua, do you want to end us in a prayer?
1: Yes. Heavenly father, thank you so much for the courage of these two. Uh, I just pray that you just, provide protection for all of your truth speakers, all the people that right now are getting the courage to speak out that are feeling the fight from the enemy. I just pray Lord that you lift that off of them. I uh, pray that the, that, that the anointing that you have for your warriors, your chosen people and the ones that have even been recently hurt uh, from new allegations or not new allegations, but like new traumas, Lord, I pray that you step in immediately and heal them because you have a purpose for this, this awakening, this, 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 this evil being brought to light is part of your purpose, Lord, because the only way that we're going to heal is with truth. So, Lord, I pray that everyone that you have chosen to be a truth speaker gets a supernatural dose of courage,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of bravery, of, 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 of their own truth. And, and Lord, that you put a place a shield of protection over them. And so thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to broadcast and to to, to, to be given this blessing to help deliver truth. Um, and Lord, I pray that you protect Madison as she goes off to another journey and uh, to do the work that you've called her for. Thank you again for this opportunity, Lord, and I pray and speak blessings over everyone's life here today. And Lord, I just pray that everyone that's suffering with an illness or any type of struggle, any type of uh, uh, just demonic attacks, Lord, that you give them relief and you you elevate them into what you've called them to do, what you've chosen for them to do, and help them realize that and step boldly in courage and with purpose. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We don't say amen. <laughs>
2: that's
4: another
2: story.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, we'll talk about That's all right. We'll talk about it on the next More
2: one. <laughs> Gosh. More words.
0: Was <laughs> in his heart's in the right place yeah. we're, wherever we're you know. Yes. So I, we appreciate you guys so much, Joshua. Thank you for letting me and Jessica stealing your time yet again to uh, interview. <laughs> thank you,
2: Madison. Thank you. Bye, bye all. Bye, bye.